Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to another wonderful episode on the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. This, again, is an interview that's fitting into the International Women's Day series, where I'm interviewing a wealth of phenomenal women that will empower, inspire and just help you all to grow. And today I'm speaking to a very, very special lady. We've only connected with doing this work, but I see us being connected for the rest of our lives, really. I think that synchronicity and the feeling that we have that since we've connected is going to be there for a very, very long time. Now, today I am speaking to the wonderful Deborah Sophia Magdalene. Welcome, Deborah. Oh, thank you so much, Pearl, for that lovely introduction. And yes, I feel that as well. You know, we, I've, I feel that uh, we've been connected forever. Yeah. And um, we've only just met in this lifetime, but I'm sure that we've connected many, yeah. many times. Yes, yeah. well, I get the feeling. I think that's going to be a whole other conversation over a really nice cup of tea sometime. Now, <laughs> what I'm going to do, because I started this whole idea, started from one simple post on Facebook. I'm going back with every lady I'm interviewing. I'm going back to either a LinkedIn or a Facebook profile and I'm going to read that description. And for Deborah, I'm reading from her Facebook profile. Now, she will be sharing all the wonderful pages and everything that you can connect with her. But for this, it says, Deborah Sophia Magdalene, be happy, be healthy, be wealthy. Now, that is absolutely wonderful. And then under there, you've got the link to um, Deborah's link tree where you can connect to all those wonderful, wonderful things. And we will share this in the description. And please, anyone listening, if you're one of the first down people to download this podcast, the description might not be there because I'm doing so many interviews. I will be adding the descriptions and the details. So please come back and re-listen to these wonderful episodes where you can get all the warmth and the links. And there'll also be links to the videos that we've done to accompany this as well. So welcome, Deborah. It's such a joy to have you as my guest. It really is. Well, thank you for the invitation. I'm so looking forward to this. What I what I do is I'm going to ask you if you could please share um, your career to date. So how maybe high points, low points. So anyone, be it a young girl that's just starting on their career or young woman, whatever stage they are in their life, that they there might be things, those, those pearls of wisdom, those golden nuggets that they can take from that. So could you please share your career with us, please? Yeah, I'd be delighted to. And I'll start off at, uh, from when I was at school, Pearl. As a schoolgirl, I, I was very lacking in self-confidence and I wasn't academically minded. Uh, I found it very difficult to learn as the teachers were trying to teach me because I'm a kinesthetic learner. And in those days, it was all chalk and talk. Yes. So I remember uh, being in maths class and the teacher was like putting all these things up on the board and I just wasn't getting it. And no matter how often you asked for help she'd just move on and focus on the 
girls that were more gifted. So I grew up with the belief, a limiting belief, that I wasn't good at maths. And I remember when I was 14, I got shingles and I was off school for three weeks. And when I went back to school, I'd missed quite a lot of my uh, key, you know, topics in like different areas. It was just too much for me to catch up on. And I took the opportunity to drop history and geography, which were subjects that I didn't have an interest in back then and I found quite challenging. And I took extra typing lessons instead. So I was delighted to win the typing prize, you know, prize giving for, you know, being a typist. And I remember reading an article in the local paper, the Burnley Express, and I was inspired because it was about a lady who'd set up her own secretarial business. And that's when I set my first goal. I thought, you know what? I'm good at typing and English was one of my best subjects. And so I set the goal to, when the timing was right, for me to set up my own secretarial business. I didn't know it was goal setting back then, but I was inspired. And this is why these interviews are so important, because you never know who's actually listening. You never know who's able to pick up golden nuggets and and be inspired and to think, ah, I could do that. And that's what happened to me. And I knew that I needed to get some experience before I set up my own business. So I set off, uh, I actually went to Burnley College and did a two-year secretarial course and private secretary's course. And, you know, I went to work in industry. My first job, uh, I handed my notice in after the second week because I hated it. I was like, <laughs> I thought if I'm going to be working, I want to at least enjoy it. Um, so I handed my notice in, went temping, then got a job. Uh, for a manufacturing company working for the, the directors of uh, of the company. And then I was made redundant from that job after 18 months and uh, then got a job, a really good job as uh, secretary, as uh, secretary to the district edu- education officer in Burnley. And my mum was delighted because she was a teacher and she saw me, me in the secure job for life. So after like 18 months when I handed my notice in because I was going to go travelling for um, 12 months around Europe on a bicycle with my boyfriend, she was horrified. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, you've got a job for life, superannuation and all this. And we're, I'm 21. <laughs> I want to go have some fun. I want to go and see the world. And so I packed my job in and saved up £500, bought a bicycle and, uh, and a tent and went off on this fabulous camping trip uh you know like all under pedal power which was um i think probably where i got my travel bug from although that could have been from when we lived in australia and had like (laughs) four four years in australia when i was a young young child um so when i came back from my travels uh i was looking for another job and uh, I found one working for uh, a window company, UPVC window company that were in direct sales. And I was like the branch admi- administrator. And um, at that time, the company was going through a huge expansion and they were setting up branches here, there and everywhere. And their method for recruitment was the branch manager of each branch would um, interview and then recruit from there. And they didn't have a clue what they were doing. They weren't interviewing on skills and what they needed and, you know. And and 
everybody had their own systems and I thought this is like a train wreck so I actually um, approached the managing director and I said what you need is somebody to go in and do a branch audit of all these different systems and come up with one system that's going to be standardized throughout the whole company and so I created my own job wonderful yeah and I was promoted um to national admin manager uh and then you know so that's what I did I went around and I looked at the systems created a manual had like a training session with everybody implemented these new systems and I would go around uh in my new Astra GTE company car thinking I'm the bee's knees you know and, and just having a wonderful time um so I created my own job and my my ex-husband, um, he worked for the same company and he actually left this company to go and work for a rival company. And um, there was like, um, and, and I was a very loyal person, very, very loyal. And there's no way I would ever compromise the company to give any confidential information to my husband. But one of the uh, directors in the company didn't see it like that. And he thought I was a threat and he dismissed me. From that job um completely unfairly no you know it was just like get yourself and leave type of thing mm -hmm. and so I took them to um an industrial tribunal for unfair dismissal and won good and then I used the two thousand pound that I got from that to set up my own business and I called it Pendle SOS for Secretarial and Office Services. Mm. Um, and that was a really good name because people would look under secretarial services in the yellow pages back then because we didn't have social media. <laughs> and it's like, oh, SOS, I need help. I need urgent help. And so I, you know, I did really well in that business. And, but when we were starting off, it was like at the beginning when computers were just coming into the workplace and I'd learned on a manual typewriter uh, and then we worked in uh, with electric typewriters. And I had a choice to make. It's like, do I buy an electric typewriter for my business or do I go into this new world of computers, which is coming out? And I opted for the computers. And I, and I don't know if you remember the uh, double disc floppy drives yes. with the Amstrad. And, and, and I was working on this and I developed a really, really good business in desktop publishing, working with like, uh, like and, and CVs, doing CVs for people was yeah. one of my specialities. And, um, and I, I'd give them the option of either having a typed CV on a typewriter or one which was done on desktop publishing equipment. And it was exactly the same, but just a different font. Yeah. You could do more things with the desktop <laughs> Version, but it meant that rather than charging £12 for a CV, I was charging £25 for a CV. So it was all perceived value and, and um, getting people to stand out there in the marketplace. Um, and then I took on trainees from a training organisation and, uh, you know, I would give them work experience. So a lot of these were women returners. They'd had children. They were building up the confidence, learning new skills. And, um, you know, they would come and work. Uh, for me and I would train them in different aspects and but I always remember when I set, when I was just stepping back a little bit right before I set up the secretarial business I'd gone through business support training with Burnley Enterprise Trust and uh, I was doing my market research on there on the courses that I was going on I was saying to people on the course that were setting businesses up what would you want from a secretarial uh, business what services would you need and a lot of them were saying, oh, bookkeeping. And I didn't do bookkeeping, right? 
I didn't know about bookkeeping, but I said, right, yeah, I can do that for you. And uh, so I took this bookkeeping work on and uh, got my first job and it was horrendous. It was for a restaurant that had been trading for six months who hadn't kept any records whatsoever. And they just had a big box full of receipts. And it was like, oh, my God, what have I done? So I phoned my friend up. I said, Pauline, can you come and help me with this? You know, she was a bookkeeper. So she'd come and help me to separate all the receipts and to get the ledgers and set up and everything and showed me what to do. Uh, but then I enrolled at Burnley College on a two-year course as an accounting technician. It was the AAT course. And it was a big commitment because at the time, my son was eight months old when I set the business up. And then I had my daughter 17 months later. And I was going to Burnley College for four hours a night for two nights a week for two years. So it was a huge commitment. And I didn't have time to focus on homework, you know, because I was actually running my secretarial business. One of my customers had introduced me to the network marketing industry. uh, And I love the whole concept of that. Because you can only be successful if you're helping other people to be successful. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. My husband was doing, uh, he was a steward around at Burnley Cricket Club. And I was doing the catering round there at weekends and at functions and pie and peas and this, that and the other. And so I hired a nanny to look after the children. And one of the bigger harm moments for me was um, doing some training with the network marketing company and it was on time management. I thought I desperately need this training on time management. And so we went and and it was all about lifestyle balance, work-life balance. Well, I'll tell you what, that was the biggest wake-up call because I realised that when am I going to have family time if I'm running two businesses and doing the catering for my husband's work when am I going to see the children if I'm at college two nights a week and I realized that things had to change things had to change it's like why why am I doing this and this was like oh my god what's so important to me is my family yeah and they were actually coming at the bottom of the list so things had to change and that that was a biggie and so I said to my husband I said like think you need to change your job. The catering round there isn't my job. I've already got two businesses. Yeah. When are we going to see the children if every weekend you're running a club? When's our family time going to be? And and so that enabled us to have a different conversation and for him to find a new job. And so one of the one of the key points that I'd like to give to people is before you take something on, understand your why. What do you want to do this for? Yeah. It means to an end. Yeah. You know, to pay the bills. Yeah. But you know, when you can make your passion into your profit, it's never like a job. No. Couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a biggie pearl. And um and then what happened was my husband um got a flu virus and he he didn't recover from it. He came down with ME. Hmm. He'd moved into the sales industry. He was working in um, insurance, insurance sales. And he got ME. And so I ended up being the major breadwinner. He'd always been the breadwinner. Yeah. 
And it's like he became the homemaker and the polarity shifted because when that happens in a relationship, it's like instead of uh, the attraction, then it's like the magnetism changes, the poles change, and then start to repel. And this led us down like a journey uh, and he was going into depression and knew I needed to do something to change his emotional state. And so even though we didn't have any money, we were really struggling financially. I invested um, hundreds of pounds to buy tickets for us both to go and see um, Tony Robbins down in Birmingham. This was going back to about 1993. And uh, my sister looked after the children for the weekend. I took him down there to the seminar. And the first night of the seminar, he was cured of his two-year illness. Brilliant. And we also learned communication skills that changed the way that we communicated with each other because we had a very unhealthy way of bickering. And it it wasn't good at all. But when I saw Tony Robbins up there on the stage, it was like this something deep inside me was awakened. And it was like, oh, my God, Deborah, you'll be doing that one day. Yeah. And it was quite profound. And so that then sowed the seed for, you know, like motivational speaking and being able to help lots and lots of people. Yeah. Anyway, what happened was that going back to the secretarial business, I didn't want to be one of the startup statistics because the majority of businesses closed down within the first three years. So my first goal was to... Um, run the business for five years I didn't want to be part of those startup failures yeah and that's exactly what I did but I developed the business in that time and I expanded from offering secretarial services it's like the VA services that we get now you know the virtual assistants you know I was offering telephone answering service and I branched out into bookkeeping and um, printing and I left there to go back into industry working for the, a window company as PA to the managing director. And uh, I remember going to uh, the employment agency because uh, I was looking uh, for a job. I wanted something that was going to stretch me because I just felt that after five years running the business, I just felt like a glorified secretary for everybody else. Yeah. And I wanted to learn new skills. And uh, so I went to work for this window company as PA to the managing director. And, um, you know, the salary that I wanted, they weren't prepared to pay. And I said, I'll tell you what, I will work for you for 12500 which was like, you know, what they were prepared to pay. But after three months, we do a review when you can see what I'm capable of doing. And then you pay me what I'm worth. And that's what happened. And I got, a, you know, a big pay rise. But then I was also promoted to quality manager within that organization and uh, with the responsibility of health and safety. And I was in that industry for five years. But there was a values mismatch. It's like it was an us and them attitude. The directors had a very, very different attitude to me. And I felt it was so unfair. And I was like wanting everybody to have a fair deal. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I decided to leave that company and went to work for a training organization. Um, so going back to the to the um, window company, what I learned from that is that always stick your ground and know what you're worth. Definitely, definitely. And that you can progress 
within an organization just because you start on one rung of the ladder you know like when I've always had the um attitude that always do more than you paid for yeah yeah and because I'd run my own business I was running that business as if it was my own yeah yeah I can relate to that <laughs> yes. yeah so those were the learning points but the other learning point from that one is before you actually go and work for a company look at what the company's values are Look at what your values are. And also, it's your job as when you're being interviewed, it's your job to interview the company to see if it's a good match for you, not just the other way around. Yeah, completely agree with that. I think that's what costs a lot of HR um, departments an awful lot of money. They do the big sale to up the brand of the company to bring someone in. And if they don't live up to that big sale, if they don't live their vision and values that are on their websites you'll find six months later that person is disheartened and left and they have to go through the whole process again so i couldn't agree more that is a real nugget to take away and understand yeah and i was really well looked after you know i was very highly regarded there i saved the the company a lot of money because in the process of like um being promoted to quality manager i threw out all the old systems and i started from scratch with a whole new system because Pete, it was like um it was like a power control from the per- from the, my predecessor had used it to wield fear and to elevate his own standing and nobody had a clue what this meant you know this quality system um and what i did is well, sod that you know <laughs> let's start again let's let's find out what people actually do and let's see what we, how how the systems can be honed and um how they can be tweaked to become more effective and as a result of doing that, I reduced the paperwork in the company by about about sixty percent. Yeah. yeah. Just by regenerating forms which had a flow to them and didn't mean mean repetition and throwing yeah. out things that weren't needed. And it increased efficiency, it saved money, and it made people have, give them ownership of their own roles and what they actually did and empower them to change the systems if if there was a better way of doing it so you know I always like to empower people and uh, look at how we can develop and, and I've got a tremendous amount of uh, development in that company um, but I left there because I, I'd always wanted to go into training into the training industry and I was offered a job as a, a training advisor working with MVQs with um, 16 to 18 year olds like in the modern apprenticeships yeah Oh, my goodness. It was like, I remember my first day of work and it was like, oh, my goodness. Now, this was a training organisation that I took mature students on when I was running my secretarial business. And um, when working with the school leavers was like a different kettle of fish altogether. Uh, And I realised I needed to get a whole new set of skills in order to... uh, relate to them and also for them to relate to me so that I could teach them in a way that they would um, learn and so I I, I did some teacher training Uh, I became an MVQ assessor and um, um, a very very fryer and I was one of my subject areas were business admin and customer service and then um, I was offered a, a job as commercial business manager and I love that because it meant that I was going out into industry, working with a lot of the manufacturing companies in Lancashire and looking at 
what they were doing and looking at how our services could help them. And so I was doing like audits, training audits. And then I started assessing and verifying MVQs in management level four and level five. And I love that. But then the company went through a process of um, redundancies. And I find myself taking on uh, the role of somebody else who'd been made redundant. So I had twice the workload for no extra money yep. and no extra hours and find myself going into burnout. Yeah. And uh, at the time I was in like a highly stressful job, trying to get people through the RMVQs in a certain time scale. I was doing training in all sorts of different subjects. And I remember there was one day in particular and it was like the day that it was like the straw that brought the camels back and I was teaching uh, telephone techniques to some adults and um, I got a message to say that my uncle had just passed away and uh, and I was in this um, doing this training and for the first time in my whole life I had a panic attack and it was like oh my god what's happening to me and I was like hyperventilating I thought I was going to pass out I just felt dizzy and I thought, what do I do here? I've got, I'm teaching this class. And, and, and I just said, I need to sit down. And I just, I was just honest with the class. And I just said, you know what? I've had some really bad news. And I just need to take, you know, 10 minutes out just to, uh, just to breathe and to come to. And they were really good about it. But, you know, for me to be vulnerable in that way was really hard because it was like you get superwoman syndrome. All things to everybody, you know, always keep this professional hat on. And we forget that we're human. We forget that we um, have needs as well. And I wasn't looking after my own needs. Yeah. I wasn't putting my boundaries down. So those are key lessons here for anybody that's listening in. Always look after yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Put your boundaries down. Know what you can do, not what what you will not do. You know, know what you stand for. And um, after that experience, I booked an appointment to go to see my doctor. Uh, I thought, I need some help here. And that's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is actually ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I explained to the doctor what was going on. There was more going on behind the scenes, a lot of political stuff going on, um, you know, in the company. And I felt that I was trapped uh, between the devil and the deep blue sea. And uh, the doctor said to me, he said, do you know what? He said, There's, you've two options here. You either need to uh, think about your job in a different way and change things at work or find a new job. And I thought, I know which one I prefer. <laughs> so I'll, I'll find a new job. And so I put the intention out there. for, And I wanted to go and work in the business support industry. And um, I actually... Uh, got the job as business support manager at Burnley Enterprise Trust, which is the organisation that had given me the support in my own business all those years earlier when I was setting up the, the secretarial and office service business. And so it was wonderful because like, I was able to um, work with startup businesses, you know, teaching on the startup programme, showing businesses like how to do the research and, how to do the costing, what to look at out on the numbers, uh, where to start, you know, customer service, what what to measure and monitor. Um, and I loved that role. I was like 
client-facing, had a lot of autonomy in that job. I was like, you know, um, reporting to the board of directors. But I was sort of the one who was in charge uh, of, of everything. Um, and then I was promoted to um, executive director in that organisation. And then I find that all the things that I loved about my job, I wasn't doing anymore. Other people were doing those things. And I had my head stuck in the project management, the, you know, the record keeping, the bookkeeping, monitoring the projects. And I was completely out of flow. And so another life lesson for me is that knowing where you're in flow, knowing where you're in flow, what are the things about the job? that you love to do and that you would do whether you got paid for it or not. Like the people side of it, I absolutely loved. You know, I set up Burnley Business Club. Uh, I set up Burnley Women into Business Network. We had a Women into Business project inspiring people that were thinking about setting up businesses to do so. And I loved you know, all that side of it. We ran a a young entrepreneur project, which I wrote, you know, I wrote this program called Are You Up For It?, uh, which was for the 14 to 16-year-olds. And um, we'd deliver this in, like, Burnley Football Club and get all the schools in Burnley to participate and we'd get business mentors to come in and and to run those days. And, and, And I wanted to do that because I remember when I was back at school and that inspiration I had, when I was 14, that helped me to set up my own business. And when you can plant these seeds at an early age, those seeds over time grow and bloom. Yeah, definitely. So that that was like my my progression up to then. Oh, I'm loving this. And the cyclical thing where you start from your own company and come back to the enterprise that you started working with, it is so special and there are so many aha moments that I think anyone that is listening, no matter where they are in their career, it's really nice to know and take that point on board and know where to go from it. And what is so inspiring and empowering is where you said when you became the associate director, suddenly you stopped doing all the things you loved And sometimes when you're on a career ladder, you're looking to get higher and higher up that ladder to get to the top. And I think that's why I like doing the contracting as opposed to a permanent role, because I can go in, I can do a set piece of work, that niche piece of work that I'm brought in to do, a strategy, and then I can go again. And that's why I like the title of consultant, because I can go in and I can advise people, but I can advise in all these different things put a different hat on but it's still only giving advice and I don't have to get involved with the project management I can remember the times I've been asked will you do project management yes I understand it because you have to in business you have to understand the terminology but to be a project manager is the worst idea on the planet it is not me at all Fortunately, I, I sort of made my needs known to the board of directors and we got other people in to do those roles so that I could then focus back on where I was in flow, which is all the people stuff. 
Um, but, you know, setting up Burnley Women Into Business Network was profound because um, it actually inspired me again. Although, you know, we'd set it up to inspire women, I became inspired myself and I realised that I want to, I've done what I wanted to do within that business. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful to have had that because I had so much personal development opportunities. You know, I, mem- I remember at my interview, <clears throat> you know, they said to me, um, Deborah, like, when, how long do you think that you'll be in this job? Because I've got a, a pattern, actually. I've, and uh, this is something that I learned when I was uh, on a course once, and it was looking at what your cycles are uh, and looking at what the repeating patterns are. And I realised that I had a pattern of every five to six years of not just changing job but completely changing career yeah. and going in a, a whole new direction. And um, after being in the enterprise agency for five, six years and running the Women Into Business project and, you know, the other projects, I wanted to set up on my own again. I'd done my NLP training and I'd done a lot of training as well with Tony Robbins. I'd done his uh, leadership training. I'd done his mastery university training. And I'd set the goal to set up my own business and to um, learn NLP, um, coaching, etc. And so I'd got those skills and I had the opportunity to get those skills within uh, that, that role. Yeah. So I set, I left there, and I, in fact, what happened was that I was doing um, Tony Robbins' um, life mastery course up in Scotland, and the lead trainer on that um, course was a an inspirational man, and he said that what people are looking for is before they're actually stepping through the door to see if they dare do something, they're looking for the pathway to be already there. And he said, the universe doesn't work like that. He said, it's about knowing what you want, making a declaration, stepping through the door and slamming it behind you so there's no going back. And then things will open up for you that would not have opened up had you not made that decision. So I took this literally, right? And I went back to work and we had a board meeting two days later. And I remember at the board meeting, you know, we... We were there, and um, and they're all saying, "Oh, how did you get on in your in your course, Deborah?" And I said, "Well, I've got a, a, an announcement to make." I said, uh, "I've decided that I'm going to start doing what I'm put on this earth to do, and I'm giving you nine months' notice to leave, and I'm going to set up my own business in coaching and training." And they all went, "Oh, wow!" <laughs> I'm not expecting that one. And I said, "I'm giving you nine months' notice so that." you don't need to replace me until the end of the big project that we're running because it was like a multi-million pound project and I didn't want to leave them in the lurch and have somebody come in just for the tail end of that. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, what have I just done? (laughs) I'm I'm giving up a job uh, which is very, very well paid and secure. Um, I'd already, like, my marriage had split up in 2004 and so the... Household income had halved, but in buying out my husband in the divorce settlement so that I could continue to work in, uh, to live in the house with the children, my expenses had doubled. And then I'm giving up all my security 
to start a new business from scratch. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what have you done? Just trust, <laughs> just trust. And then uh, I always remember going to the Wealth Mastery Programme down in London and uh, realised I needed multiple sources of income. And I set the intention for a new way of earning income to come to me. And I couldn't believe it. When I got back from this course, there was a leaflet behind the door and it was from Child Action Northwest which is a charity for children. And it said, do you have a spare room? I thought, yeah, I've got two. Because uh, I was living in a, a five-bedroomed, five uh, big uh, Victorian house. And it said, can you help young people uh, with a new start in life? I thought, yes, I've trained as a youth coach as well as for adult coaching. Because, uh, you know, I'd been taking, uh, I'd trained with the Youth Coaching Academy in London and, you know, I've been involved with, projects with them inspiring young people but yes that ticks that box and would you like to earn an income through it I thought perfect (laughs) (laughs) and so I became a supported lodgings provider and I had young people come and stay with me for up to two years and that paid the mortgage so that solved that problem yeah. And I got so much from that experience and the young people that came to live with me, you know, I, I would like help them with independent learning skills. Um, you know, I'd take them to personal development seminars. In fact, one of the young men who who uh, I took him down to London to the Discovery Camp and he won a scholarship to go to the Discovery Camp in America. Wonderful. And, and he just blossomed. You know, it was so beautiful to see. And, and we, so we can always make a difference in people's lives. And so, like, for me, one of the key lessons from that experience was trust yourself. Yeah. Trust the universe. Yeah. Right, take those first steps without knowing the pathway. Yeah, yeah. But take action as well, because if you sit back and do nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. You've got got to follow your own path. You've got to be a trailblazer. So I ran that business, um, and, and it was very successful. I was running business mastermind groups. I was coaching chief execs, uh, you know, entrepreneurs. I was doing training courses for, you know, for leadership teams. I was doing timeline therapy, NLP, you know, and, and developing new skills as well. And then I was actually having a coaching session with my coach. And he said to me, he said, Deborah, how far down on your own list do you come? And it was like, oh, well, who am I putting before me? Well, actually, my son, my daughter, the young people on supported lodgings, you know. Like, uh, and I was actually number eight on my list when I worked it out. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, I need to do things differently. And I'd read a book by Tim Ferriss called The Four-Hour Workweek, and he talks about the new rich and how the new rich have a series of mini retirements in their life rather than waiting until they're, you know, 60 odd and then retiring and then doing what they want to do. And I thought, what a good idea. I'm going to have a mini retirement. Uh, And, and I was looking to downsize the house because it was a big house, big overheads. And I realized that all the time that my children were living at home with me, they weren't learning their own life lessons. Yeah. They were 22 and 24 at the time. And I was trying to find a house, but I also decided that when I turned 50, it was my time to start doing what I wanted to in life. And so I gave my children six months notice to leave home. 
And my next door neighbour bought my house and I gave virtually everything away so that I was free to travel and free to do what I wanted to do for the first time in my whole life. And I spent two months uh, travelling around Europe. This is where my new name came in, actually, because I had a a numerology reading and and I didn't want to take my old married name into a new chapter of my life. I needed a new passport. I was Deborah Brown and I didn't want to go back to my maiden name and I just set the intention for my new name to come to me. And I was visiting a friend down in Surrey and um, she does uh, name analysis using uh, soul contract readings. And uh, I just sat there and said, who am I? Because my my business was called Global Hugs. I was a director of Hugs because my mission is all about helping the excluded to feel included. And I wanted to get Hugs into my business name. And it's like, how do you get Hugs into coaching and training? So I turned it into an acronym hunger for unlimited growth of self and so like I'm always about love and helping people um nurturing them raising them up and I'm thinking okay who am I so it was Deborah Joy Deborah Love Deborah Bliss Deborah this Deborah that and then Deborah Magdalene just popped out of nowhere mm-hmm. And when she looked at the numbers, it was like perfect. And it didn't feel complete. The Sophia actually came in two weeks later. Right. And the numerology of it was perfect. And what I, what I realized is that when you change your name, you change the game that you're playing here on Earth. It brings in different frequencies. Yeah. It brings in different codes. And my life changed significantly. Yeah. Just changing my name. I was able to let go of my addictions to like alcohol and food and I was able to bring in more of the the feminine energy because I was very much working from my masculine energy when I was in business it's like trying to prove yourself a woman in a man's world Um, and then I I completely changed the way I did things and so I I set off on travels and um, for the first time in my life I spent time alone and um when we were come, I went with my um, partner Paul on a, a road trip around Europe for two months, and coming back uh, to the UK, the car that I was driving just the, the gearing, the it just jammed the steering, and I started veering across the motorway. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm trying to correct it. The car went into a spin, and it was like time was slowing down. I just went, angels, protect you now. We hit the central reservation, came to an abrupt halt on the hard shoulder, and it was like, oh, my God, what just happened? It was all part of the letting go process, right? Mm -hmm. So I left the car in France, got the train back, ended up caring for my parents for two years. My mum had Alzheimer's. My dad had was diagnosed with cancer so I was caring for them for two years and going away for shorter trips you know I was in Guatemala for 12 12 12 and and for the Mayan end of the Mayan calendar I went to Egypt you know reconnecting with this ancient land and then in 2013 after a series of synchronicities I bought a one-way ticket to Peru and ended up living in the Amazon rainforest with the Shipibo tribe and working with the sacred plant medicines and and I just went on this extraordinary journey of self-discovery and spiritual growth whilst I was in Peru and Bolivia and Brazil it was extraordinary I learned so much about the principles of the universe and manifesting and how every thought is a seed of creation 
And when I came back to the UK, I moved in with um, with Paul, and uh, I thought, what shall I do now? What shall I do now? And I had six months of doing nothing. I just wanted to be. Yeah. And then we were offering free hugs at the yoga show in Manchester. And a friend uh, gave me an essential oil experience. And I could feel one drop of peppermint oil working for like two and a half hours. I was like, wow, what is this? I had really sore knees because I've been doing a lot of mountaineering when I was in Peru. I put this oil blend on my knees, all the pain went away. And they go, wow. And my intuition's saying, buy a set of oils, buy a set of oils. And then the logical part of me saying, but Deborah, you have no money, you have no money. And then it's like, you know that you do any, you do it anyway because like you always follow your intuition and you've got a credit card. So I just bought a set of oils. And then before I knew it, I was having these amazing experiences with the oils and working with the plant medicines in the Amazon had given yeah. me that that uh, insight that essential oils are plant medicines. And so I started using the essential oils and then I realised that they were too good to keep to myself. And so I set up Magdalene Wellness, which is my business and, and helping people in journey to recovery, to, to health and wellness. I set up Detox with Deborah because I needed to earn an income. So I set up like a, a programme helping people to detox, which I know is so important. And then what happened... Uh, uh, Paul and I, um, on our ninth anniversary, we had a chat about our relationship. And we said, you know what? Things have changed between us. And we changed our relationship status from partners to best friends. I said, I always want you in my life. You're my best friend in the world. But it's not right for us now to be in a relationship. And I said, I'll move out on the 1st of January. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's like the 26th of December now. And I'm moving out on the 1st of January. You're still no money. You still like, can't afford rent or rates or anything like this, bills. What would be a creative solution? And I just meant, med- med- what creative solution? Give me a creative solution. And then it came to me, house and pet sitting. And, uh, and I thought, all I need to do, I, I know I'm a powerful creator. All I need to do is tell people that I'm doing this. And the third person I told said, I'm going away on the 1st of January. Would you like to come and look after my house and my cats and my fish? I said, yes. <laughs> and so that was my first, my first house sit. Um, and I went from one to another, to another, to another, realized I was doing a really valuable service. So instead of doing it for free, just in exchange for, uh, you know, somewhere to live. Mm. And whilst I was running my essential oil business online, I started to charge for my services. So I set up Hugs House and Pet Sitting Service and it became so successful that I couldn't take on all the work myself. And so I'm part of the Silver Tank community uh, that, you know, like Francesca Cassini set up. And in there we have a paid membership called Silver Synergy and I've got some really good friends in there. So I just put a post up. Any of you uh, Silver Ladies would like uh, opportunities in House and Pet Sitting? And some of them said, yes, I interviewed them, we had a chat. And so I had a little agency then. And then I would uh, take on work, um, agree the pricing, and then, um, you know, they would go and do the sit. So it was like win for me, win for them, win for the house house owner. Um, And then COVID came along last year. And um, all my work stopped overnight. Yep. Uh, then my ex-husband died. He'd been diagnosed with a brain tumour and uh, he was given 12 months to live, but he only lasted six months after he'd started his treatment with radiotherapy and chemotherapy. So that was very sad. And so I just wanted two months of being really still. Yeah. And so I was out there just being in nature, working on the land. 
And then a friend in May last year, a friend sent me a video. Pearl, I, I watched this video and I started to get tingles all over. And my intuition was telling me to take yeah. this seriously. And it was the same feeling I had when I came across the oils. I'm like, oh, oh here we go again. <laughs> but, you know, you get used to the yeah. signals, don't you? Yes. And so I, I spent 48 hours researching the company, this product, you know, this technology. And the more I learned, the more excited I became. It's like, I'm in. I'm in. How do I buy it? Don't have the money, but I'm just going to buy it anyway. Same as with the essential oils. It'll work out if I'm supposed to be doing this. And so I invested in uh, the frequency device, which I'm running a program on at the moment. It's a little portable uh, variable device. And um, it was extraordinary what happened. It's like within the first 30 days, I got my, my whole investment back and I was in profit and it was like, I was like sharing this with friends saying, oh my God, I've just come across the most amazing technology, which has got the potential to shift consciousness. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. This is what we've been waiting for. Because my whole purpose in this lifetime is to be part of the awakening, part of the yeah. shifting consciousness, to help people be the best version of themselves, to help them have the healthiest body, to raise the vibration, to yeah. help them with, with um, you know, this shift from victim mindset to being completely in their power yeah. yes being the creator of whatever they want to write into being writing their own story into being and so this is my whole world now this is what i do helping people um and, and so now what i'm doing it, 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 and it and it's got like a, a momentum all of its own within the first Six months of being in this frequency business, I've done more than the first six years in my essential oil business. Yeah. The income has, has overtaken. The number of people in my team is like yeah. in hundreds of people all over the world. And I've been doing quantum frequency sessions with people, helping them to know what what is it that they need to be working on right now and what we're doing with the frequency device it's got the ability to come up with lots of different reports so it can show you what's hidden yeah. it can help you like with uh, your, your chakras and your, it shows you what percentage your chakras are functioning at and how you can use this device for balancing mind body spirit it's working in the higher dimensions and it is a gift and so i'm just so blessed to be working with the most amazing team. We're all on the same wavelength and we are attracting to us the people that are in resonance with what we're doing. And so that's my story. And what I encourage people to do is to always follow your passion. If it's not lighting you up, don't do it. Yeah. Do what you would do, whether you got paid for it or not. And how can you be of service to yeah. the world? Because when you're doing that, when you're making your service, your passion, and you've got something of value, you can't go wrong. I've just been quiet for a bit to take it in because that was absolutely fantastic. Just hearing your story, the frequency, what you said, I have definitely got to hear more. I think that's a whole nother episode that i'd love to invite you back to talk to me about the synchronicities your last name you and i could have a chat about that because there's loads and loads of synchronicities there it's 
it's just phenomenal. It really is. I know I, I say all the ladies have some special message. You've got such a fantastic message start to finish. Your story is so empowering to anyone that's going to listen. And it is, it's bringing everyone together. And the synchronicities, again, I know I say that word all the time. It's one of my favourite words because the more I'm doing what I love, the synchronicities, the manifestation just gets higher and higher. And it is, it's just wonderful. It's just thank you. I, it's, I've got tears now because it's moved me to that extent listening to your message. It's just so wonderful. It really is. Thank you so no, much for sharing. I just, I just feel guided to share something because I'm feeling quite emotional at the moment because uh, this month, it'll be a year since my husband died. And I just want to really honour him because he was into quantum physics when I was still asleep. You know, and he he was telling me about atoms and molecules and how everything is energy and I didn't get it I didn't get it back then you know he was way ahead of the game and you know he came into my life for a reason and I know that like when we split up um it was like a big sacrifice for both of us we weren't meeting each other's needs anymore and one of the other things that you know I teach about is relationships and um you know, and I've learned so much through him. Yeah. It was as a result of him that we went travelling around Europe when we were 21. Yeah. It was a result of him that I, I woke up to my spiritual side because him leaving me for another woman was my awakening and I knew that I needed to find an empowering meaning so that I wasn't in victim mentality. I didn't want to do the poor me and feeling like a victim. And, you know, I spent like two days trying to come up with my empowering meaning. And the meaning that I gave to it was that he set me free and I can now become the person that I'm destined to be. And I set the intention to go through a divorce without a single argument, to be his friend, to be his girlfriend's friend. We all ended up as an extended family. His relationship didn't work out, but he ended up marrying a friend of mine, which I gave the blessing to. Mm. And, you know, me and my partner, Paul, did the video at their wedding. We did the photographs. We were there at the reception. And we, we always remained friends. And I just want to really honour him because, like, I, I learnt so much through him. Yeah. And through that experience, you know, like our greatest pain can also be our greatest gift. Yeah. It also shows people a new way of being, yeah. that we can create what we want. We yeah. can be the change. We can be the light and show people, but you know, it's the way shows. We can show people a different way of being. Yeah. And so, oh. like, coming up to the uh, the first anniversary of his passing, I just wanted to end on that note and just say, Brian, thank you for all the gifts that you gave me. And and also to say to, to women watching this, allow yourself to be vulnerable. If you if you like you feel moved, cry. Because I'll tell you what, it's that vulnerability that connects you to people. When you share your story with others, you never know who you can help in that moment who's going through the same thing. Appel, thank you. 
And I know that there's lots more conversations that we can have. Most definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really, it's so special. And that is a lovely way in honouring to finish this interview. It really is. And just to say, I welcome you back for many more discussions. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Pearl. And I just want to honour you for what you're doing with these Pearls of Wisdom shows and, you know, putting people's messages out there to inspire. It's such an important role. So thank you, sister. Blessings. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.